It is Thursday, the 13th of December 2018, and this is episode 346 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode. I'm Chris, and as ever, Ian is here. Hello, Ian. Uh, good, good evening, Chris. Easy for you to say. It is easy for me to say. Had a big lot of trouble there trying to get the uh, intro done. Uh, Fourth time lucky. I almost desperately thought, can you do it? Which I am was, tired which and caffeine fueled. It isn't a good combination when you've got to say Thursday 13th. No. Anyway, nailed it. Nailed it. As are YouTube earners at the moment. Nailing it, they are. Flipping it. 22 million for a seven-year-old. Uh, yeah. So um, I knew I knew there was a lot of money, obviously, to be made. I didn't, however, know. And, and I thought it was going to be like they talk about Jake Pauls and all these kind yep. of crazy yanks and crazy YouTubers and crazy vloggers. Um, but yeah, this was a guy, um, Ryan Toys Review, uh, $22 million in a year. And also, he's just coming out with a lot of. Uh, there's a there's a tie up with uh, is it Walmart? He's having the toy brand, so it, next year his earnings are going to go up. I mean, this is you know it's <clears throat> the amount of money around is mega. I mean, these these people obviously have uh, multi million uh, followers. I think it's he's got seventeen million followers um, or something something along those lines. But anyway, it's it's, it's nutty and. You know, it's it's obviously a family enterprise, um, and there are a couple of other, um, not a couple of, there are lots of other YouTube stars, which you know, it's actually is a big business behind them. But um, it's just, yeah, the figures are massive, and it's um, it is quite incredible. But like you say, I knew there was money in it, um, and I hadn't quite comprehended quite how much. So even you know, even some of these that you see with you know, low millions <laughs> must be still raking it in. It's just bonkers. Yeah, I, it was, I actually stumbled. I guess it's maybe because I watched this video because I'd never heard, must have, I'd never heard of Ryan's Toys no, reviews before. Um, and, and that's probably because I'm not the key demographic. The, um, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Um, but I, but because I watched that in the kind of YouTube suggestions, one of the videos was uh, how much I earned for my viral video. Mm. And and it was a guy, and it seemingly he does videos about about YouTube, and he's he's and he, he racks up, you know, thousands, thousands, thousands. But then it was this one video that absolutely, you know, took off. Yeah, and it was in one day. It was twenty five grand, mm. and it was like there you go. There's a yeah, uh, and I mean, I guess when we're talking about TV audiences, which when they're over a million nowadays uh, is a massive deal, when I guess advertisers suddenly see, my goodness, there's an audience here of, of you know, 17 million kids that I can, you know, that I can advertise to. Because, uh, I mean, the other thing, some some YouTubers and some, you know, social promoters, as it were, they, they get lots of deals on the side. But apparently this kid has relatively few of those so only only a million dollars worth of deals uh but as compared to the 22 million dollars total it's like he's you know keeping himself clean because there's obviously that criticism of modern day you know um social media kind of stars is that they they do tend to have these shady deals and and it's not all often clear when when someone's being sponsored to 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 sell a brand or have a, a you know you know content 
Um, so yeah, and, and you see that on, on Instagram quite a bit, where people will be like, "Oh, this is a fantastic thing," blah blah blah, and then and then you'll notice like hashtag ad. And it's yes, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the um, yeah, I mean, the, I think they've probably been helped by the fact that now YouTube has stopped advertising or allowing adverts on small producers. So that that you know, there's there's a small number now of massive. Uh, accounts which advertisers want to hook into because the the sheer number of accounts has just dropped from everyone on youtube had the potential to to advertise uh to obviously all the scandals that happen with advertising being associated with bad videos so now the actual there's more focused money going straight into a smaller number of accounts so we're going to see these numbers jump as well um especially just just these viewing figures are are nutty just and also the fact that if you compare it, I mean, you mentioned like you know TV adverts, or even if you think about you know traditional newspaper adverts, proving who's reading it and who's watching it. Yeah, yeah, then there's completely, yeah, it's not well, not the opposite of anonymous. You know, it's completely open what that person is, who they are, you know, yeah. w- you know what demographic it is. Whereas, yeah, like you say that when you know when people are selling stuff in the shops, they don't necessarily know who ends up buying their product, and no, you lose and that. It, and it's very targeted. I mean, I, I messed around with Facebook, you know, and and and, and it's uh, we've talked about it before. Very yeah. targeted how you can say it. it's like you know. I want people who are interested in this that they're this old and they're yeah. male, female, whatever. Yeah, just you can really yep. target it down. So Tumblr has decided that it's going to ban adult content on its service, and I think that's happening quite soon. Yeah, so the December. 30, no, December 17th. So that's a few days away. It is a few days away. Um, basically, next week will be the end of Tumblr. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably quite right. Um, I mean, they've obviously looked at this and they've, they, we've, they've talked about it in the past. I know we've probably covered it because um, they they've traditionally turned a blind eye to adult content on their service, but that has meant that they've become quite famous for providing a, a platform for adult content. Um, but they, they're changing their policies. I think they've been overtaken by, or t- Verizon's their new owner or new-ish. And I think they had a uh, they had a child porn incident. I think they called it um, not that long yeah. ago. And this is them deciding we don't need that in our lives. Thanks. No, I- Apple took them off the App Store, um, and they didn't they didn't initially say why. It was just like it's disappeared. And then what 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 then came out was um, it was it's child porn. So I think I think it's one of those things because it's. As you say, everybody was kind of turning their back. It's a bit like you know everybody knows that there's like shitty content on Reddit, mm. but but Reddit's Reddit. If you don't want to go and see, it's it's, it's, it's only like the internet. You know there's shitty content, and if you don't want to go and see it, don't search for it. Yeah, but if then want... yeah, I guess Tumblr are thinking there's kids and that you can't, you know, exactly you, know, you can't do that. Um, yeah, and you, you're right. I, I think this ultimately probably does the death knell of Tumblr as a kind of a thing. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, they're they're also going to not only are they they making these policy changes, they're, they're going to come into the whole. How do you actively police this? They're going automated algorithm route, but that is going to annoy a lot of people, and there's going to be plenty of social issues which get captured within this whole. They've banned like a for for nudity, and and then suddenly, you know, people that have got legitimate reason for putting that out there, you know. It's just they're gonna. It's gonna be complicated, um, but it'd be interesting learning. So maybe their algorithms will develop over time. But I don't think it's gonna survive this. Uh, well, and and we're maybe being slightly harsh because I know I know we've covered Apple a number of times because they, they they ban certain ones, you know, certain apps that's banned, and it's, it's something to do with adult 
but then there's other ones which where the content's even worse. Or you can have Safari browser and Safari, you know, you can go and search mm. for these things. Um, Facebook we've covered where you know they have you know banned you know a woman's nipple, you know, because breastfeeding. I but they're quite happy with other content. Do these things tidy themselves up over time and they get good at it, or is it just that the news story mm. gets dry that we never, re- you know, that that up in arms person initially end up just oh, I can't be asked anymore. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's 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 hard to know because also it's, as you're saying, something that's a hot story now, six months time, it's like oh, remember them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's watch Tumblr with interest. Um, see whether they've actually got any other content. I think they. I'm not sure of the percentages, but it's it's something like eighty percent of their content is is adult. I think something like that. So that's the reason they're turning a blind eye to it. Later, it didn't even, it was uh, paying the bills. Um, we've had uh, Mark Zuckerberg's and various other Facebook chief um, chief execs type emails exposed by MPs. So we talked uh, probably about three podcasts ago about uh, these email being seized on UK um, weird UK law, um, but they have now leaked some of those emails that they did seize, um, and some of it is probably being over dramatised, but other bits of it do prove that Facebook knew that some of their policy decisions were going to be a little bit um risky uh, and you know and they even sort of suggest that the balance of risk versus reward is 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 why they make those decisions so i don't think there's anything um that we wouldn't expect but obviously it's it's not necessarily a good look for them to say that they potentially knew that their some of their user data was being leaked um but actually overall uh, it, it wasn't going to cause them enough trouble for it to be um uh for it to be worth their while trying to trying to patch it or trying to stop those loopholes in their terms and conditions um i guess <laughs> cambridge i guess they never thought someone was going to exploit it quite as much as as firms did in the end and i guess some of the emails also kind of confirmed that i guess there's always been a bit of a whiff especially about zuckerberg himself if you go back to you know the the stories from when he was at harvard and how how he started up the site and you know how he was a douche and he was like you know you know almost Fast and loose. It was like, yeah. you know, I've got my aim, I've got my goal. And there's always been that whiff of he's tried to clean his act up, but really, does do you, you know, can a leopard change his spots? Has he always really got that at his core, you know? And there's that whole, remember the thing last year was like, he's, he's going to do a, a, a presidential run because it was all these things about I'm, I'm going out and meeting the people, mm. I'm going out to a farm, I'm going out to, you know, some, you know, vineyard somewhere, I'm going out to meet, you know, I'm going to school. And you're like, what the hell is this? Mm. Um, and some of the stuff, you know, like, you know, they, they they knew they were doing the wrong thing about, you know, grabbing um, call log data on Android, and they kind of hid that. Um, and there was yeah, people so when it, you look at the yeah, downloaded yeah. data, they realised it was there, and it was like, why is that there? I never gave you permission to do that. So, uh, I mean, the the things I've read yeah. here, there, you know, there's there's definitely some shady things around the fact that they allowed people access to friends lists when the actual API was shut away so users got told that that was no longer possible but yet they still had vip access for some applications and they also used the fact that they could shut off access to other applications to either you know stymie or or progress themselves and they certainly used some data from the usage of uh, of other apps to understand which apps they wanted to focus as far as kill them off uh, as in the opposition kill the opposition or buy them up to stop them uh, eating into their shares so there's definitely some what you'd consider they're certainly real borderline if, if not downright you know wrong actions there um other things like um 
Facebook app permissions, this has been glorified as far as I can tell that do we add this uh, read call log permission? Now, if you're reading that out of context, that sounds like, hey, they're just they're grabbing call log data. But ultimately, it still requires the user to say, yes, I, I'm allowing that to happen. So that's more of a kind of headline than, than I think anything. And, and plenty of other applications do similar things. Um, but yeah, the data leak one um, is certainly interesting. And I, th- I thought the membership fees one was um so membership mm. fees they're basically discussing around would it be better that we charge membership fees rather than trying to make money off of our data and they ultimately said that actually we'd prefer to be ubiquitous and uh, get the money off of the data that we own rather than charge for our service which is going to impact that so they you know they clearly have had the discussion about do we go pay model and and lose some of that market share yeah which i mean if, and from memory social network covered that bit as well because even right when they were getting all the vc money that was one of the core things it was like you need to start charging it's like no we will, we will not grow but i don't find be... i mean the, the fact i don't find that sensation again a newspaper might bring no, up on it but it, no. it's just an interesting um you know the th- you, you i guess we always knew those conversations were going to happen but yeah. it's kind of weird that it has come out and and i'm also i feel a little bit like well if the reason for releasing these emails was to show, you know, bad practice, then I don't see why those bits of those emails have been released. Uh, that just seems like private internal information that's not really of um, of use in this case uh, for what they're arguing is. I, I felt it was a little bit of shots fired, just of, uh, you know, you, you won't come and talk to us. You're disrespecting us. Let's just show you what the disrespect means. Yeah, this is what a government can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, uh, which, just, but I don't agree with that. Power. I mean, I don't. I, I can. I can see the psychology of it, but I don't agree with that. Uh, yeah. Um, Google um, killing off hello. Um, I'm sure you use that daily. Um, so actually, this is going to be real gutting news for you. Right. Basically, every I.O. we get a new messaging platform <laughs> and 18 months later, it's killed off. Yeah. So, oh, a proper snort then. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I remember having the icon on my phone for a bit and thinking, what the hell's that? Uh, and it just basically ignoring it. Um, but yeah, it, this was trying to be that all-encompassing you know reaches you wherever you are type messenger service. So it will text you if you're away from, uh, you know, the away from like wi-fi or anything it will uh ping you on on your app if if you're on wi-fi all those kind of things just basically messages follow you around follow you around but unfortunately the the requirement to make that a success is that this application is used everywhere uh, and unfortunately it just wasn't used anywhere at all um whereas obviously that's the strength of messages i messages and things like that is the fact that everyone on apple has it and everyone has an apple so you know that that's why that succeeded whereas this one hasn't um, and I guess the other the other angle of why it didn't succeed is that obviously carriers don't want to push that as a service because any time that you're not sending a text message, they are losing out on money on their their you know their infrastructure, which they don't want to happen. They don't want voice and um, everything to go over the networks. So they want it to stay on in their messaging systems. Yeah, and also I, I do think kind of WhatsApp is WhatsApp's one is the kind of cross platform. Totally models. nailed it. Yeah, who so I, I don't know anyone that's not on WhatsApp now. It's the de facto. Even my mum's on WhatsApp. There's enough people on WhatsApp now that all the kids are going to be somewhere else, and I'm sure that's already happened, but we just won't know about it for a few years. Oh, thanks. Snapchat had turned into that, didn't it? Snapchat, yeah, um, but the, I think that's gone now because too many people. So I've, I've read a really interesting post about Fortnite. Um, so Fortnite's obviously 
massive gaming, mm. you know, sensation. You know, I, I still remember our first kind of dabble with it because it was free and it was like, this is junk. <laughs> um, and, and, and you can put it to it now, you know, certainly you can load it up and it's a it's a really competent, really good really game. Good, Lots yeah. to do. One commentary, I think it was Washington Post, and he said it felt like it was the games room from when he was like at, at school or college or uni. It was like the common room, the school, the mm. school room. They were playing the game, but playing it really badly. And the group of people he was playing it with were doing things like, oh, have you heard that music track? And one of them would, would play it on YouTube on his phone and just share it over the microphone yeah. in really bad quality. And it was like the hangout It's just area. It's just chilling out. In, yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. And we'll play Fortnite at the same time. And who cares if we win or lose? It doesn't matter. We're still it's all about away, just... Yeah. Yeah. So it almost felt like is it is, is that like the kind of is it is that something about Second Life? <laughs> Initially, yeah. That, again, they had the vision too early, maybe, and yeah, may, maybe it isn't this. And okay, it's fun to just shoot every now and again. I mean, I was <laughs> I was watching videos the other day. There are people who spend their lives on um, battlefields. So there's one guy that you know they have these stream snipers and, and sort of famous people almost in the game. And one guy goes around loots everything and sets up shop in a in a particular hut on the map. And you go, you can go and visit him, and he's just looted stuff and put it on the table, and you do a swap. You just basically it goes out of conversation with whoever comes in. They know he's in there, so they don't shoot him. <laughs> yeah, I want. Uh, can I have? Have you got any of this ammo? Oh yeah, I'll have some of that. It's just, I mean, there's whole little ecosystems and infra- You know, mm. it's, it's uh, just find that sort of stuff fascinating sometimes. Um, uncontrolled but fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. No, agreed. It's um and and unexpected. Mm. You know, the, they will have not. I I can't think when they started this that would have thought it would end up where it is now. No, no, definitely not. Um, Google Plus is well, we already knew it was off, but it's it's had an, a secondary leak. Um, so it's decided it's gonna Google's decided it's gonna kill it off um a lot sooner than than it was originally. Uh, is it is it a couple of months, three months earlier than it was expected? I think they were going to do it in August. It's now April, yeah. um, because of um. Uh, and also API access is going to shut down in the next 90 days because it's just a, a leaky bag of poo. Um, and I guess the, the balance was always that, okay, we know we're going to annoy all those app developers who's integrated here, but and that doesn't give them very long to respond. But additionally, we cannot afford to have another data breach. So I think I did have an email for this one um, come through from Google um, telling me that, you know, blah, blah, this, that, and the other. I didn't read it because I just assumed it was from the older breach, but actually it now turns out that it's probably from this this latest one where data may have been scraped and may you know maybe it's a hacker actually thinking oh crikey we're losing our opportunity we might go and get it now yeah and google i mean google said they discovered it themselves um it lasted for six days um but i think that was a straw that brought the camels back it was like sod waiting a year to get this shut yeah, down yeah get it get it gone get it gone Microsoft Edge, you'll be delighted to know, is coming to Mac OS and other platforms. Um, basically, Microsoft decided to ditch its own uh, HTML engine underlying structures, and it's just going to stick with uh, Chromium. Um, so basically, the, the Google's open source um, solution, uh, which used to be Safari as well, but Safari branched off it, didn't it? They, they, they took their own branch away. Um, but still, it's still based around the underlying Chromium platform. So that's pretty much all browsers now other than Opera, um, kind of just doing with one platform, which ultimately I think will help developers and sites and you know maybe even help progression of technology and the internet because there's no longer a requirement to sort of cross-browser test uh, you know, four different underlying engines. You can just pretty much get away with a couple now. 
Uh, yeah, so I mean, I'd, this was a, a a pretty spectacular announcement. Hmm. I thought from Microsoft, um, massive massive change. I, and I'm I'm kind of conflicted. Part of me thinks if, if you end up, you know, with one rendering engine, surely that makes it easier for developers. You know, more compatibility across the different platforms. Um, but then you start to think of the, that that kind of monopolistic side of things, where you've you've got a you know, is there going to be a dominant, you know, player that then dictates here's where we're going? Well, the good thing about it is it is an open source project, isn't it? I think the underlying Chromium platform is open source. Okay, I think it might be one of those ones again, a bit like Android, where it's obviously directed by, um, you know, a, a big strong central focus. I, yeah, may, maybe you're right. It will bring monopolistic. This is the direction we're going, but I think it's proved in the long run that actually, as long as it keeps innovating, you know we see a lot more from the web now and i think that has come a lot from chrome um, and it's you know development i don't think the, these other platforms seem to be keeping up rather than leading um yeah yeah it's um i, I just think I, I still i still i look at microsoft and i just see such a massive change in that company yeah. in, in what three and a half four years it just feels like it's... it feels like a really rational decision for them to make to understand that you know edge they were struggling to keep it relevant because or rather they're struggling to keep it completely compatible because obviously again people build mainly for the the big browsers and and edge was because it was stuck on pc and it was also stuck on the windows update process they could never release fixes it meant that people were never really fully up to date if you're on an older machine you didn't even have access to it um so you, they were just stuck in that middle ground and they've just made the what probably is a really sensible decision to just say uh we're not gonna we're not gonna win that let's not focus on that let's let's put our brand to you know this and then we can be everywhere um, so some interesting takes as well was it's nothing to do with chrome it's nothing to do with web browsers it was all about electron so electrons this kind of you know javascript engine mm-hmm. that is starting to I guess it's starting to take over what what would maybe class is 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 traditional app development. You know, if you look at an app on either you know Mac or Windows, Electron's kind of eaten a lot of it because again you can write ones, deploy it anywhere kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And seemingly there is a lot of um, speculation that um, so Electron was part of um, GitHub, Microsoft bought GitHub. Um, you know, so they own that bit of it. They couldn't keep Edge up to date with the how Electron performs on a Chromium browser compared to the Edge browser. But as a purist, it's like uh, you know you can tell an Electron app compared to a, a, a you know a, a I guess a core you know normal Mac app. Sure, you can see a performance difference. Stuff like that improves like, over uh, time, though. But I do get it. Yeah, and, and uh, you, th- so we we've got very used to having applications, but equally there's a downside to those applications, which is you have to have them downloaded. They have to keep them up to date. They have to remain relevant, and it is a pain to have to keep you know updating apps on my phone and stuff. I prefer to have them as a web service. I, I get where it's going. It just feels. Um, it's not early days. Electron has been around for a while, but you, and you can always tell on Electron app. You know, you could feel it. You can see it's it. It's exactly the same as a Java app, isn't it? A Java application. You always yeah. know when something's <laughs> been under, underlying built on Java, because although it theoretically all gets natively half compiled or whatever, it's you just know that you're using an application that isn't optimized. It's always clunky, heavy. You know, you know, just not not as nice. And I guess it's the same effect. Uh, flash. Anyway. <laughs> 
Though, well, Flash did operate fairly reliably across platform. No, oh, it did. And actually, in its own little thing, I think that's a different thing. It, it's just back to the. There's always that bit because he said Java, I've said Flash. Um, there's something about the. But is it really written for the platform? Mm. Is it is it a good, is it a good um, friendly you know um, partner to that platform? So is it is it going to be you know battery intensive? Is it going to you know you know respect a number of the things about the platform? Is it going to respect the kind of common key shortcuts? So you're just going to end up generic ones across all the platforms. That, and I know it feels like small beer, but I can. Oh, it's well, it's it not small me. beer. That's that's the whole you're the crux of the argument between application versus uh, you know. Um, I, I know web I know. web delivery. What I would say is that web delivery and that kind of cross browser thing is getting closer and closer to being more naturalistic, and you know over time it seems to get you know ever closer so maybe maybe it oh, will take over and i, I th- also wonder how much of it is a geek slash generational thing yeah you know it's uh you know there's things that i value that other people are like, i don't care i just want the service i mean we've been again as as power goes up and as battery life goes up things like that become less important actually it's more efficient to you know do that generic thing i've been saying since the beginning that i think apps have a, a lifespan they've lasted a lot longer than i thought they would um but you know the, the direction so is still <laughs> The direction is still towards that. Um, Ericsson, software has been causing problems uh, across phone services. Is this more US-based or is this what, no, is this at the root this... of what's been... I've seen quite a few posts on Facebook recently saying, oh, my phone's not working, I've got outage or whatever. So were you on O2? Do you use O2? No, I'm EE. Yeah, so I'm EE as well, so I was fine. <clears throat> but I did, 30... like I say, I've seen lots of Facebook posts. Yeah, so 32 million people um, lost all data services wow. for a day. And that's just the UK, so that's not that's that's not around the world. Um, wow, so yeah, that's um, a lot of people. <laughs> it is a lot of people, and, and because it was so basically, O2 was down, but O2 being down also takes down um, like I think that's it's Gift Gaff, Gaff, there's a load of other things, that, yeah. Tesco, yeah. Um, and a couple others. Um, so yeah, there was um, O2 was down. <clears throat> it was kind of big news that day, and as the day unfolded, it became obvious that. Um, it was Ericsson, it was, and it was back to it was a software certificate that expired. Where um, did we see that before? To... We, uh, Oculus had that. There was a couple of other places that had that as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so certificates expiring is a thing. It's mm. a it's a it's it's a pain to manage. Um, it feels like I'm I'm experiencing it somehow. So I will <laughs> I will not say much more than that. They're a pain to manage, and um, and it just shows you that that you know big huge industrial users of this with me always billions of customers are, have you know it's one of those up. things i'll just i'll renew that for 10 years and then i don't have to think about it and then in 10 years time it's like oh yeah we forgot about that we, we got to set our little calendar and, and so I, I i never followed up on it but there was a couple articles i read after the after the, the it happened that seemingly it was engineers had to not not physically but they had to visit each device and manually apply updates yeah so that's um, so wherever this hardware was they had to fully physically install there was no remote access which you can kind of understand because the whole point of certificates is you can't go and forge them and, so and change really them. painful really painful in the uk i mean it affected softbank users in japan and there was mm. and there was other you know other obviously you know around the world were affected by this it was huge i'd say i I mean i'd seen like i said i'd seen facebook records i didn't really hear about it in the news but i i just had no idea those 30 33 odd million people oh yeah no that's that's um, probably over half of the (laughs) mobile users in the country well it's because what how much the size of uk is it's about 17 i think it's about 70 now 
So I was going to say of... 56, but I'm forgetting about all this Brexit nonsense <laughs> and all these all these immigrants <laughs> that we've got. I'm sure that's made a difference. Must be. Must be. That's why they're angry. That's why they're angry. UK population, 66 million. Okay. That was close, though. Well, but yeah, and, and given that, and given that, not everyone's going to have a mobile. Although it, I think most people do nowadays. That's yeah, with like half these. That's pretty. I, and lots of two. I mean, I've got two. Do you? Yeah, I've got a work one and a home one. Oh, a mobile. It's not a home mobile. Is it a home mobile? Yeah, I call it a home mobile. <laughs> it's an oxymoron. I've just realised <laughs> yeah. it. I don't take out my house. Don't be stupid. Yeah, I've got a home mobile and a work mobile. Uh... I've got three. I've got my watch. <laughs> anyway. Um... They O2 did give some people back some money though for the inconvenience. Yeah, so there's um, I think basically I think, I think it's varying. So I think Sky have said you're getting um, and that's and that's 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 where the list is Tesco Mobile, Gift Gaff, Sky Mobile, and Leica Mobile. Um, not to be confused with Leica Mobile. Um, they all use O2 network. I I, I know, but I tell you, my head is random tonight. The um, <laughs> But, but basically, you're getting two days worth of charges back, so you'll get you'll get a couple of days back for the, the inconvenience. So basically, if you're a yeah, if you're so if you're a mobile user, you get credit for a couple of days or whatever. Yeah, okay. Well, that's one solution. I don't know. I mean, people, when you're, it's a bit like a power cut, isn't it? Once you lose power, you just realise how much you're reliant on it. And when when you don't have a phone connection, you realise quite how much you use it all the time. The only the, the most I, I chuckled at some folk who were looking for compensation there was one guy who gave the connect. Oh, I was trying to buy this on eBay for my daughter for Christmas. You've ruined Christmas. I want. I want. And it's like, <laughs> and, you, and that, yeah, you think way too much, buddy. Yeah. Go to your internet yeah. cafe. Do something. You've got plenty of options. Uh, exactly. And if that's going to ruin your Christmas, then you haven't got much of a life. I'm, I'm, how rude is that? He's going to come on. Hate me now. Um, more compensation this time for broadband customers. So basically, OpenReach have got agreement with um, five of the UK's internet companies to, if if you happen to be waiting for longer than two days to have an issue fixed, then they will give you a credit of eight pounds per day uh, for any fo- subsequent days where that issue hasn't been fixed. And they've also got a, a compensation if um, if uh, an engineer has been cancelled um, within twenty four hours. Um, so that twenty five pound if that if that happens again, I guessing just um, trying to get the you know a level of service accepted for the underlying open reach service which other people hook into or have to hook into because of the monopoly that's there. Um, yeah, it seems reasonable. I think so because I mean you were talking about the you know you realise when you have a power outage or you know your phone's down that you're like Ugh. and I have the same. Seeing I lose. It, it, you know, if I, if I lose internet access, I mean, I was on my router last week and I, I had like 19 or 20 connected devices. Mm. You know, there's a, there's a lot now that connects yep. that you that you kind of forget yeah, about. Yeah. And, yeah, when you um, look at your network map diagram, you go, crikey, this is like bigger than an office used to be back in 94. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so there's, there's lots of connected things that are all insecure. And um, yeah. let's not worry about that. And yeah. Um, <laughs> And and then and then all your wire your wireless that broadcasts itself around as well. If you think of it, yeah, the, the whole infrastructure around networks nowadays is bonkers. Yeah, so um, this, this seems like a, um, this seems like a kind of sensible. Uh, and, and and I guess this isn't just for outages as well. So engineer does not arrive and schedule or yeah. cancels within twenty four hours. You're getting twenty five quid. Yeah. So which... again, it just it puts <clears> that there's a little bit of um, the. The, the service, the open reach service has to perform and, and it's BT, Sky, TalkTalk, Talk, Virgin Media and Zen who've all agreed to this plan. 
but obviously that's them agreeing to underlying that you know because they they rely on OpenReach delivering quite a lot of those services to them. So um, it's quite good. I think this is bring brought in. I think the um, the regulator said that they should do something like this to compensate users and i think this is yeah. this is them actually doing it almost ahead of time so yeah so offcom had said just over a year ago that, that here's the here's here's what you should do and you get 15 months and um, so they've come out and said yeah all right and we'll start it up early 2019 so that, that kind of is good I, I think i think it's a sensible step yeah i really do um apple saving lives um, one ECG at a time. This is the new feature on the Apple Watch that can do a heart scan um, and then it will warn you if it notices anything unusual. And yeah, and this chap has potentially saved his life. Yeah, so this is only in America. So they got an update out last week, only in America. And bizarrely, also, I don't know how they're doing it because people were like, yeah, you'll be able to change region and it'll just work. And it, and it doesn't, yeah, you have to have bought the watch in America. I'm guessing that the, so this is the device that is the first regulatory approved monitor for home use. I think that's something like that, yeah. or the wearable device. Um, so I'm guessing they have to protect the yeah. protect that. Although you would have thought, yeah, I, I don't know what the I don't know what the legalities are. I'm guessing it would be nice to be able to put this feature out, but I guess if uh, if, if it hasn't been proven and therefore can't Each make any claims, has to approve it. they have. Yeah. It's about making the claim, isn't it? And you don't want yeah. it to come under that that fire. So. Um, I'm sure, and it also, will and also, this is just between two points, you know. So it's measuring under under the watch face at your wrist, and also um, your finger on the, the crown. Whereas an ECG, I think, is eight or ten points. Certainly, when I had it, it was like yeah, all over the mm-hmm. place, and it was like ten ten things. And um, so, what this guy had done, he did it, and it said um, it says uh, our abnormal heart rate notifications. So then he ran it and it said it came back AFib, and he was like, "Oh, well, it's new. Try that again, AFib. Try that again, again, again. Same play, same thing." And he just thought, this is rubbish. Um, he tried it on his wife, and it was normal. Tried it on him, AFib. Tried it on the other wrist, AFib. So wherever he tried it on him, mm. AFib. Um, so he, he 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 was like, went to the hospital and thought, oh, it's busy, I'm not going to bother. Tried it again, did the same thing. Um, went in and told him what it was, said he was embarrassed. Um, but then the technician says, I'm going to get a doctor. Doctor looks at the screen and says, you should buy Apple stock, this probably saved you. I read about this last night. Thought we'd see an upswing this week. Didn't expect it first thing this morning. Mm. So he did actually have a complication, and um, thanks to thanks to the Apple Watch saying, by the way, it's not quite right, and getting it checked out, he's um, in a better place. There you go. So they weren't lying at their their doom. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. John Romero is making doom. Although he made it originally, <laughs> so he's remaking it. This is um, he's making a, a follow up basically, but he's he's still going to use the original engine, I think. So he's literally yeah, making yeah. an add on yep. for his own game. Yeah. So so it's twenty five years since Doom. My goodness me. So that that was that was the. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, yeah. So the tenth, um, the tenth was it the tenth or was it the yeah it was the tenth it was Monday and um, was twenty five years since the, the release. Um, and I still, I was at uni. I still remember it. My, my uh, how whole fl- no whole floors at like my sister was at uni at the time, and the whole floors at uni had were networked up to play Doom. It was, it was the big thing. I have a vivid memory. So my 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 mum came in. She'd been to the post office. Felt sorry for me because I was like, I was studying at the time for an exam. So it was just coming. It was run up to Christmas, and we had the exams just before Christmas. 
And she's like, I bought you this magazine. I said, oh, mum. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, what's this thing doing? Because at that time, you had your shareware discs yeah. on the cover of, of... And I was like, what's this doing? Um, because you couldn't, you know, it, yes, at uni we could download stuff, but, you know, it, it wasn't, was like... It was, there wasn't I, really the internet back then, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like, I, I, I remember what we used to hack around with at uni. It was good, good old days. Uh, so I, I remember putting it on and going, my God, this is amazing. Just like, you know, and, and funnily enough, the next morning at uni, I was yapping away to somebody and one of the guys in their course, um, I remember his name, Stuart, was like, oh, yeah, do, mate. I was playing it last night, mate. Oh. <laughs> and and it was just one of those. It was like it spread like wildfire. It was just... Because Wolfenstein came first, didn't it? It came before Doom. Yeah, but yeah. Doom absolutely nailed on it. Instead of Wolfenstein felt like a couple of square rooms with some blocky characters. Wolfenstein was all flat. That's right. As in... It was all flat sprites displayed in yeah. a 3D environment, whereas Doom was the first one that actually was a 3D. And it's hard to explain to people nowadays what a big difference that that was because you look back at the game now and it's it's really a bit rubbish um but but for the experience of playing at the time it was dead scary that game as well um and that was the difference wolfenstein but blocky but you know kind of almost like cartoony nazis and yeah. um, this was like you know and i had a, I had a chainsaw and i had a bfg you know who can forget and um the weird thing about this is because because I, I was reading i'm thinking he's just jumping in the you know the everybody will be talking about it again but then I read it, it's like it's a form of Doom Wad. And I was like, oh, Wads were the level editors. Because I remember doing a bit of level yeah. editing with Doom. Because that was a big thing that eventually took off, yeah. that you could make your own level. Yeah, now, I mean, <clears throat> ultimately, though, it's a massively old game. Uh, there's going to be a bit of nostalgia. Is this, you know, they're, they're doing things like they're selling um, they're selling a oversized USB drive, uh, you know, that's got the, the game on it, which is going to be shaped like a, you know, floppy. <laughs> so they're doing some funky stuff with it but but ultimately no matter how good you make a game based on that engine is it gonna hold is it you know really no. worth it i guess this, to me it was a cash in of it's 25 years 100%. look at look at sony nintendo doing all these yeah, retro exactly, little yeah. consoles and also look at all these kickstarters where people go and you know make a bit of cash off it I mean, ultimately, the the engine's been open source or at least available for free use for a while now, and it's um, and plenty of people have made, you know, levels and games. It's not a new thing. It's because it's him doing it. I guess be interested to see what it comes up with. Pre-orders tenth of December, so it's already started. There you go. You going to pick it up? Uh, no, no, not mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> All right, I think that is uh, the content we've got for this poddy. Um, and it's probably, I think we said last time was going to probably be the last one, but this is definitely going to be the last one until the new year. We're done. As soon as it took five attempts to even get started tonight, <laughs> yeah. we are done. Words are hard. Um, do you got any picks before Christmas? Uh, if you're not bought Red Dead, buy it. Yeah. Um, I have almost, com- I have almost at the end of the story, which is a bit of an accomplishment for me because I don't complete stories. Yeah. I'm at seventy two percent. I'm interested. So, um, Once you get to the end of the story, I'm interested to hear your. Yeah, th- definitely, and and we'll maybe do that as a as a an issue because there's certainly things I've been like that was disappointing. You know, just some bits I was really like, come on. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. So let's let's save that and then, let's not spoil it. So you've got until the new year if you listen to this podcast and you happen to be playing through Red Dead before there may be some spoilers. Um, but yeah, I would also say um, just to annoy you that Battlefield's definitely worth a pickup. Um, the new update came out. <laughs> the the new update with the kind of bigger maps came out, and I, I I'm enjoying it. Um, 
Is there anything else that is worthy of picking up? No, we'll probably leave it there. Okay. Yeah, I've, as ever, I don't really have picks. <laughs> but um, it's been a pleasure podcasting with you through 2018. And may it all continue through 2019. I can't, how many years are we doing this now? Far too many. It's quite a while. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't. I don't really pay attention. No, it's, it's, it's always, you know, a bit like when you look at when the Twin Towers uh, got knocked down. It's always longer ago than you, you imagine. And really, this was as momentous a decision that we would come um, into being. So ne- next, next June will be our 10-year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jeez. A decade in the making. That's an awful lot of talking, isn't it? Talking rubbish. That is, um, that is scary biscuits. Yep. My goodness. God, I, I was 30 when we started. Jeez. Digital Outbox episode one. Oh. It's all there. Anyway, right, let's stop reminiscing. Let's <laughs> wait till June for the getting the party hats out. Um, if you want to find out 10 years of history, digitaloutbox.com, info at digitaloutbox.com. If you want to talk to us about 10 years of Digital Outbox, uh, Twitter is Digital Outbox if you want to tell everyone else about that. Um, I am on Twitter as Cheesy UK. Uh, my motor racing blog, academyracer.co.uk. My running blog is cheesy.blog, although that kind of stopped updates on that recently. However, I shouldn't have done because I am now fully into marathon training. Oh my um, Chris, I've got a question for mm. you. How can I sponsor you? You can sponsor me if you would like to. It's all for, I'm running in aid of Children with Cancer UK. And the easiest way to donate is to go to cheesy.blog forward slash donate. And that will send you to my charity page and any donations. If you enjoy Digital Outbox, Surely. if you if you think the last 10 years have been worth it, if you don't think it's been worth it, please do consider putting a bit into that. It's all going towards an amazing cause. Ian. I was going to boldly say, if you reach a target, we'll stop the podcast. <laughs> so, so that'll be a better way of getting donations. Quick, get donations. Yeah, we won't do that. This, no. this is this is eternal. Uh, where can we find you, Ian? Uh, Blogzine.net and Instagram, Ian Dick underscore photography. Again, it's the it's the new thing in photography. It's it's the it's the site everyone's talking about. It, it's not real. It, it, bizarrely, I've had I've had thoughts this week about I need to leave Instagram. Oh, well, <laughs> oh, why is that? Just just because of Facebook. <laughs> oh right, okay. Uh, yeah. So, but if you do like pho- photography, then go and take a look at it. Um, all the cool kids are. Yeah, even even better because we have to get snow up in Scotland this weekend, yeah. so that might mean a little trip out in snow. Ooh, a bit of bit of golden golden light um, with snow could be awesome, with long shadows. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Okay, long, as long as it's not yellow snow, golden's fine. <laughs> golden yellow, not so much. Right. right, thank you very much for listening this year, and we look forward to talking to you again in the new. Year. Have a good uh, Christmas and New Year, and uh, goodbye. Goodbye.